Good morning. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman. We taste better. We are now in season four and continuing to have a blast. Yontif is a couple of days behind us and we are back in swing for a full season all the way through. I don't even know when that is, June, <laughs> uh, July maybe. Um, but yeah, we're excited to be back here in the hot seat, right, CK? It's nice. I'm very happy. We have a really exciting show. I've got some amazing guests. You're going to stick along for today's ride. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman, and I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants, uh, anything food-related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called The Aussie Gourmet. Anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. Um, I hope you'll tune in every week to hear about my cooking adventures, kosher food traveling, and sharing of great food ideas and recipes. But I want to hear about your experiences too, so email me at naomi at nachamsegel.com. You can join my fan page on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Just broke the 3,000 mark on Instagram, so I'm like super excited about that. So if you do eat something and you want to share it with me, let me know, Um, or cook something. Let us know. Um, we're very excited to uh, hear about people's culinary adventures as well. So today's lineup is unbelievable. You know, now that Yontif is behind us, I've had an, a pile of guests that I've just been dying to have on the show, and the next couple of weeks is going to be action-packed. Um, we have Melissa Stein from the JWE, the Women Jewish Women's Entrepreneur uh, Group. She's going to be on the phone in a minute, and we've also got Salter Politsky, a returning guest, because I cannot stop talking and drinking about his coffee. And then we have Chris Russell right down the end. Uh, he's going to be talking about uh, Treat House and has some special treats for us, and we'll talk about exactly what Treat House means um, in a couple of minutes. So uh, hello, everybody, and uh, we are right here on the Lower East Side. We're about to get Melissa Stein on the phone. Melissa, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey. Hi, how are you? Hi. Good Erev Shabbos to you. You as well. Glad to be here. Um, you know, um, I was so excited when I first, you know, um, heard about this maybe a year or so ago, but I believe you've been doing the Jew- Jewish Women's Entrepreneurs for a while. Can you tell yes. me how you got started? Yes, the, the uh, Jewish Women Entrepreneur, the JWE, we started three years ago. We're about to have our third annual conference. Um, the, the JWE was started by Chaya Pelfishman. She kind of fell, it kind of fell into her lap and fell into success. As women, Orthodox Jewish women entrepreneurs, all are looking for connection, mentorship, and um, business opportunities. And she launched the JWE three years ago with an annual business conference. Um, we run different events in our city chapters. And like I said, we have um, an annual business conference, which will be happening in two weeks on October 18th and 19th. Okay, and, and you'll tell us in a little bit how we can register for that. Yes, I will. Okay. You want me to share about the about the conference yes, or the yes. JWE? A little bit of both. We'd like to hear a little bit about it both. Okay, so the JWE we all year long we have city chapters that are running all um around the mainly the east coast, but we have a lineup of city chapters that will be opening in the future. Okay, like um, where? We, like where we run business events in your local cities. Our core event has been the business brainstormer. We where women get together and um, they all share a business challenge, and a group of women help them brainstorm how to solve their business challenge. 
for entrepreneurship tends to be a lonely business as you're working towards goals on your own. Right. And the collaboration, the networking, the energy in the room, really it just propels people's businesses. There's been many practical tips that have come out from these business brainstormers, partnership, taking businesses to the next level. That's been very exciting. Um, we have speaker events throughout the year. We also have a mentorship program where women can be matched up with a senior executive, someone above them in a similar industry, and they can help them make critical business decisions and get critical business advice. Um, and that's, that's how we move along throughout the year. Our annual business conference this year is called, our theme is Momentum, Moving Upwards Together. Lovely. And it's a, a very practical day of women coming together to learn, connect, and grow together. We have a fabulous lineup of speakers, um, including Naomi. You'll be joining us for the day. We're very excited. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited to be part of it. I think it's such a fabulous thing, women, women, women in, from women in business together. Yes, yes. You know, my women, the women who come to my events, they really feel a lot of um, energy and power together. They're, you know, there's a commonality of being an observant woman. We have unique um, things going on in our own personal lives. And just to be together, to gain um, in practical skills and in networking with people who are really, our goals are all the same, trying to balance our family and work life all together. It's been very, it's a very powerful experience, each one of our events and, you know, especially our annual conference. Right, I, I did notice, you know, when when um, I was re- when someone had reached out to me to come and be on the panel for uh, one of the uh, seminars at the upcoming conference, I did notice, and I looked at the amazing schedule. It's like I want to be everywhere all the time. <laughs> it's like I want to do this and I want to do this class and that class, um, you know. And I love meeting other people who are like-minded um, as myself, but also just you know, in the food industry, and you're having a lot of food bloggers and 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 people in the food industry come to this one. Yes, yes, we are. We are having you. You, you obviously will be joining us. We look forward to that. Lavana Kirstenbaum will be joining us. Brilliant. Also, Dobby Dob- Mandel. Um, she has a catering business. We have a bunch of different food people coming to the event. Um, you know, but also, like you said, being with like-minded women, all who are trying to reach goals, there's a, a big benefit in the networking, and a, you know, try to focus on very practical tools that you will be able to take home to your offices, to your family, to your businesses, and really help you to propel things forward. Um, our theme throughout the day in our breakout sessions is get moving, get noticed, get growing, get fueling. We're trying to, you know, touch on everything and all the requests all year long from all the women who've come to our events to try to really give a variety of practical tools for you to continue throughout the year with your businesses. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I know, like I started the Aussie Gourmet about 11 years ago, and there were not so many personal chefs out there. The the, the coach and the foodie groups and and the whole foodie, um, I don't know, uh, I don't know. Uh, um, I'm losing the right. I can't even find the right word. Not even the group, but the whole hemisphere that it's become. It's become a planet almost. The foodie planet, like especially in the kosher foodie planet. Has like grown like so much, you know, into a planet um, that that you know I, I wish at the beginning I would have had a little bit more help and was a bit of trial and error as well and and I didn't have a support now I feel like I can help others but I can learn so much from people who are starting as well. Yes, 
yes. what their experiences have been. Is that women come from all different stages. Some of women will be like yourself, who are able to give and also to receive from some uh, executives who will be there. There's women who are just starting out. There's people that are just have an idea in their head. And we're able to really touch each person will walk away with some very practical, unique skills that will help, you know, take something from nothing. And, and I have women who have had tremendous success from, from their experiences with the JWE, from, you know, being in a basement store to a storefront, Amazing. being in Bed, Bed Bath & Beyond. Like, the, the potential here is endless. Oh, it's, un- it's unreal. Um, where is the conference? Conference is in Stamford, Connecticut, okay. in the Crown Plaza. Okay, nice. It's on, it's on October 18th and 19th. The 18th is a Sunday. We begin at 5 o'clock. We're actually um, on the Monday night program of this. We are focusing on the whole you of the woman, a work-life balance evening. So we're having, we're touching on all of these, you know, how to juggle being <laughs> a mommy and, you know, it's our, not our easy. home life and our, you know, personal organizing and, and that type of thing. To, to your businesses. Um, and then on Wednesday, we um, begin in the morning. Registration begins at 8 o'clock. Our keynote speaker, Ariella Ball, she's the CEO and president of Ariella Associates, will be speaking at 10 o'clock in the morning. And um, we run throughout the whole day on Monday with the full business conference. Fantastic. And, and it's I assume, I, I know this is what my listeners always want to know, Who's the caterer? <laughs> the caterer is Elite Catering. Very nice. He's been with us every year, and we look forward to his participation. It's always been a fabulous way of, like, networking over yummy food all day long, especially yeah. for the lunch. We're looking forward to that as well. Yes, yes, <laughs> and especially also Sunday night now that we've added this program, we're having, like, you know, networking and schmoozing into the night, you know, chocolate, wine, and schmoozing. What could be better? Oh, hello. I am counting down till next. It's like two weeks away, not it? It's today's, it is. It it's is. so it's a week close. From this Sunday. A week from this Sunday. So oh, my gosh. Registration is well underway. Yeah. We will be closing out registration. You can see um, where to register on our website, thejwe.org. And um, we really look forward to, you know, best conference yet. Okay. It sounds fabulous. I cannot wait to go. I hope people... In any, any, in any industry grow, but especially the people that are in the foodie, foodie industry and, you know, they're most, most of our listeners are, are big foodie people on the show. But I hope you try to think about coming and you don't have to go if you've got kids and you can't get away Sunday night. You can just come on Monday, right? Yes. For a couple yeah. of hours and spend the day, you know, or yes. just, or, or just come Sunday even. Like I think there's, there was a breakdown. Yes. So, you yes. know. If you tr- go on our registration, there's all different options. We would love to see you for any or all parts of it. It's really, I, I, I can't express enough the power that you feel in the room, the energy that you get to help you take, you know, every next foot forward in your business. It's really something very special and unique. And it's well worth the investment of time and money. Fantastic. Fantastic. And the networking, I know my husband goes to conferences too and he also feels that they're very important. And he's a different field than me altogether. And he says the networking is like some of the best things that can go on for him. So yeah. um, think about that for us Jewish women out there um, trying to network and grow our businesses and, and be a support group. I love it. All right. Thank you very much. I will see you like in a week or so. I'm looking forward yes. to meeting you in person. Yes, we're looking forward to both. And um, thank you for having me. We look forward to follow-up from the conference. Yeah, and, and maybe we can start our own chapter. 
Oh, that would be great. Okay, excellent. All right, take care. Take care. All right, bye. Shabbat shalom. That was Melissa Stein from the, J, the JWE.org conference that's coming up, the Jewish Women's Entrepreneur Conference. Sounds absolutely fascinating. I'm really excited to uh, to be part of that. Um, but, yeah, so we have, as I said, as I promised, an action-packed show. And you see that I'm a little, like, hyper today. You know why I'm hyper? Yes, Saul Toplitsky is back on the show, prying me with coffee all morning. Welcome back, Saul. It's good to be back. How's it going? Now that Yontif is over, it's, <laughs> it's a very... Uh, it's nice uh, and quiet. I'm hoping to be quiet now. And, uh, well, you want to be busy with business, which is right. a good thing, but you want to... Like, back to normal. Back to normal. I, I'm a big fan of... I love Yontif. When, like, we were playing this time yesterday after shul. Okay. Okay, well, it's 9 o'clock, so whatever. Say a couple of days ago, Tuesday afternoon, we're sitting around at 4 o'clock in the afternoon playing Scrabble. You know, when do we do that with our neighbors and friends? Like, when do we do that on a Tuesday? It was so nice to just chill. It, w- it was nice, but it w- I, I was thinking about taking my kids to the school and just dropping them off because that's where they should be on a Tuesday. But <laughs> family time is also good. Oh, it was it was really great. We had some great food and and uh, great great stuff going on. And and now we're here to talk about your great coffee, um, Saul. Uh, as you know, was on the show back in August of September 2014. I remember it was right before my Alaska trip. Something like that. Yeah, and you came on the show, and then I was going off to Alaska to cater bar mitzvah, and, and um, we were sipping this fabulous stuff, and it was like a little little fledgling business at that point. Yeah, it's it's grown since then. So um, I had to have you back and talk about what the journey that you've had in between. So uh, stuff it's, r- it's been it's been a really amazing run. Um from a company that was really started on nothing as a joke, and uh, then share the joke. How did you get started? To be honest, it really bothered <laughs> me that my wife was drinking uh, bad coffee by Starbucks, and I f- was trying to figure out ways to get my wife coffee that tastes good. Why do you know so much about coffee? I started off in the in the paper industry, and I was selling a lot of cups to the coffee world. Ah. Uh, so the coffee world introduced me to my coffee and I was like, wow, this is there's something to coffee, not just uh, you know a pound of sugar and a gallon of milk that you have to add to it, but that you can actually have good flavors in coffee and a, a better cup of coffee. I compare it to wine a lot where, you know, we we like that. There could be there could be like a party <laughs> in your mouth with the coffee that you drink, and it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be just the caffeine. You can have a good cup of coffee. You can enjoy your cup of coffee. You can get the caffeine that you need, and and just be in a great mood when you have a good, better cup of coffee. The difference between wine and coffee, right? A good cup of coffee maybe will cost you fifty cents or a dollar more than a really bad cup of coffee. Where wine, it can go. Yeah, to the sky's, ceiling. Sky's, the sky's the, limit. the limit on that. <laughs> so, you know, I I was involved with a lot of the third wave coffee companies. They they made me taste their coffee, and I really learned a lot. And then I started making coffee in my house with my wife at the pool in the Alexander in Florida. And uh, <laughs> it all know, starts in Miami Beach. Everything starts in Miami. <laughs> well, the truth is that it starts in Miami, and now it's actually going back to Miami. We're about to be launching in Miami just for the season in in January. We're Good opening up you. a plant in Miami. Um, 
we're going to have a, a full line for kosher for Pesach and everything else as well. So it's it all it starts in Miami and ends in Miami as well. I am so, so proud of you. Yeah, no, so That's it's, it's, amazing. It's, it's almost like there, um, and it will definitely be launched before the uh, the season starts in Florida. So all the snowbirds can now get good cold brew in Florida. Um, starting very soon. Cool. So let's talk about cold brew. What does co- I never heard of it till I met you when we met like a year and a, a little over a year ago. And what's cold brew coffee? I I thought you had to cook the coffee in hot water. So explain to us. Okay. So co- well, I sip my cup of pouring. Yeah, Saul mm-hmm. already made me a yummy cup of coffee. I'm gonna have a sip, and you can tell us what that is. So what cold brew is is a process mm-hmm. where the beans are never hot. Um, you know, it's it's. It's a long process. It takes between 18 and 24 hours to make, where basically the coffee just sits in a vat, taking out all the goodness from the coffee, uh, a lot of the caffeine you get. Um, because it's never hot, you don't get that acidity. You don't get that burnt taste. You don't get mm. any of that going like that. So it, it's been going on for years where people didn't have stoves and didn't do that. Um, but lately, it's there's been a big push on it where people are saying, wow, this is just a better cup of coffee. Um, the difference between cold brew coffee and regular iced coffee is that, you know, you run out of cold brew coffee, you can't just say, all right, come back in five minutes, you'll have a cup. You know, it's really a process to do. So you need the right amount in your stores and in your house, wherever to to do it and to have the right um, cup of coffee. Um, Most people, when you go into a store and you order iced coffee, um, they have their coffee that's been sitting on the burner the whole day, and it's the nastiest coffee out there. And then they take that and they put that in the fridge, and that's tomorrow's iced coffee. Yeah, no. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you get that, that, that bitter taste and that burnt taste because it's really, you know, just there all day and people should throw it out, but they want to save, they want to save their money to, to do that. Um, but, you know, cold brew is really a cup that's enjoyable. Uh, it's great for people who have stomach issues. There's no acidity or anything like that. To it. it has about 70% less acidity than a regular cup of hot coffee. So all, and, and depending on the bean that's, that you're using for the cold brew, you'll be able to get different notes of the origin that the bean was grown from. Where do you buy your beans? My beans is, is a... It, is it a secret? It's, well, it, you know, coffee is is a fruit, right? It's not like the the secret is the blend that I came up with with my roasters. Okay. Um, we combined a Guatemalan, Indonesian, and Ethiopian uh, beans to come up with the right blend that I wanted it to be sort of like a milk chocolatey uh, flavor going in your mouth. Uh, so uh, yeah. So when I combined those three regions, I was able to. Took me a lot of work working with my roaster, a local roaster in New York. What does that mean, roaster? So a roaster is basically the chef of the coffee, right? So oh, cool. They, they, the guys. Well, it's good you're breaking it down for yeah, us because yeah, no. I have no idea. They, they sit there. They're they're pretty much like scientists. There's a lot that goes into um, roasting a bean. There's the air, the temperature, the humidity. All that stuff plays an effect of how the outcome of the coffee is going to taste. Just like when you bake and when you cook, right? If you're if you leave the oven door open, you can't use the same temperature. So they regulate the whole temperature. They regulate the beans and everything. They want to have as close as possible the same taste going through the line, as, you know, whether it's done in January or it's done in September. So they'll play with the machines to make sure that that taste stays It's consistent. consistent. I know that's, I know that's a big thing about food. Absolutely. It's consistency. Consistency, right. So you want to, you want to have the same experience 
whenever you drink that that bean. Um, so a lot of these third wave coffee roasters, they'll go out there. They actually have guys who travel around the world looking for the right farms to take over and really just say, okay, you have a good bean. Let's see how we can make that a better bean. They'll buy the whole farm. And there's a rating of, you know, one to a hundred, let's say. Most third world, third wave coffee companies, they'll, um, they won't use a bean that's under 90. Okay. What does third wave mean again? Third wave is all the, you know, the hipsters with the tattoos, the mustaches, those guys, you know, (laughs) these guys who like live in. Did you know this, Chris? Have you heard of this term, third wave? I knew what he was talking about. Okay. <laughs> Chris Russell from Treathouse, a big foodie himself and, and a chef, right? I know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> so, oops. Uh, what uh, do we have a tissue? Oh, no, we dropped it. It's, it's just a waste of coffee. It's a, you know, I don't mind the pants. It's all right. <laughs> um, but any, anyway, so they, they, they go out there and they source the beans um, to really come up with the right blend they work with the farmers uh i'm really excited i'm thinking i've been invited many times to go on the tour uh actually meet the farmers and uh hang out with them and i think that's so cool knowing where your resources come from yeah absolutely and and it's it's tough as a observant jew to go out there because these guys we're like indonesia go anywhere they go but they're really like sleeping on the farm with the farmers and you know ethiopia i've been to a coffee farm in hawaii right there was a, I went to one in Kauai. Right. I actually bought back a thing of Kona coffee beans, but I don't have a grinder. So they've been sitting waiting for me to find a grinder. <laughs> but, but, um, it's the only place they grow coffee in America is right. in Hawaii. Right. So there, there's tons of them out there. Um, it, and the process from when they get the bean to the, to they dry out the bean to all these things, there's a, a huge process that happens on the back end with the farmers and, uh, the, the roasters that I work with are all fair trade, uh, organic. I love that. Explain to our listeners. I know what fair trade is, but explain to someone who doesn't know what fair trade is. Fair trade is, is it's, basically the ability when they go to a farm, they want to make sure that they, they're compensated for what they do. Um, and a lot of the roasters that I work with will go out there and say, okay, we're going to help you produce this 90 above rating and whatever the price of the coffee is, we're going to go up a dollar or two dollars for every thing that you, every 90, uh, number on the scale, you know, that you can produce. So the farmers want to go out there. They want to produce a better cup of coffee. They know they're going to take the whole farm from them. They have a client that them. And it basically means that the, that the, the people who are doing the hard work of picking the beans and, and, and doing the whole process of the coffee and getting it to the U.S., they're paid fair. Right. So that's, that's that, going on a lot across the food board yeah, yeah, in so, general. Like, you know, you, know, you want, you want that, you want, you want to know that, you know, people who are working hard, they're getting the right amount of wages that they should get. I, I think it's such a fabulous yeah, thing I, that's going on now. And I, I, I don't know that that doesn't really change the taste of my coffee, but it, it definitely does, no, no. you know, you know, the, the, the beans are, are the important part, but it does, it does help, you know, knowing that people are taken care of and it's done the right way and it's all kosher. Yeah, on on all levels. On all levels. On all levels. <laughs> Do you have the certification? Yeah, it's is Star K. It's not on that. It's not on this particular it's not on the bottle, bottle. But Star we've K. actually moved to a new packaging, and this is just for special people. So I figured I'd give it to you. Oh, thank you. you we know, love this. The, yeah, it, we actually know. keep the bottles afterwards, and we use them for water. 
I thought you were going to make it a menorah. Menorah. <laughs> no, I probably do have more than eight. I, um, yeah, but we keep them, we fill them with water. Water's good too. Yeah, we um, filtered water from the fridge. Yeah, no, it's a great... In fact, that one time my wife brought home a, a, a thing of milk and my son dropped it on the floor and I was just like, you got a bottle? I'm like, yeah, I got a bottle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it worked out well for, for on that level, but we, we, we're now in a couple of retail stores. We're in uh, Gourmet Glad. Uh, Yay, Gourmet Glad. <laughs> Cedar Market and Pomegranate. And we have our new pouches, which I didn't bring today. I, I apologize. Yeah, but I'm like, where's the pouch? But it, know- it does have a little spigot on it. It's much lighter than this, you know. 12 pound bottle. Yeah. yeah. So it is a, it is something you can just grab and go at the supermarket. So if you're in New Jersey, Cedar Market, love that place. Gourmet Glut, my yeah. hometown. We're about to open up another store. We're like sitting, I told them I want to be the first customer in the new store, in the Woodmere well, one. The, are the balloons going to fly down when you swipe your credit card? Oh, they'll be so, I'll be so happy. My credit card like loves Gourmet Glut. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, who else has? Uh, pomegranate. Okay, very nice. So you're really, you're getting a nice little, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're starting and, uh, again, Miami's, Miami Boca and, um, uh, Fort Lauderdale. I'll introduce you to the guys who run the kosher store here. It's right here at kosher right store here. on the Lower East Side. We'll like, check them out. Yeah, hun- my car's parked there, so <laughs> I'll introduce you and maybe they can sell it right here on the Lower East Side. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been great and, uh, I'm really thankful that it has been picking up and we're almost, we're almost uh, where I thought it would be, and uh, you know, it came, what started as a dream is now becoming a reality. Is this become a full-time job for you? Yeah, he's pausing. It's <laughs> it probably not, feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it definitely feels like a full-time job. I mean, if you're saying putting in 40 hours is a full-time job, that's yeah, a full-time that's job. That's a full-time that job. My work week consists of about 200 hours. Right. So, you know, it's <laughs> you're an entrepreneur. An, an trip, uh, how do we say it in American accent? Go. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. I feel like I'm breaking my teeth. Yeah, I mean, I unfortunately I can't go to the to Jewish, Jewish women's. women's yeah, <laughs> and and Chris is an entrepreneur. We go. You could send Jen. <laughs> so how do you say entrepreneur in Australian? Entrepreneur. That's close. Okay, right. I know. Just I'm probably just saying it wrong, even in Australian. Entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you can buy them in these large sizes. You can buy them. Do you have like like a grab and go just for yourself while you're running to the train? We're close to launching a can, uh, our coffee in a can. Oh, that's, that's cute. It's going to be – it's our nitro can that has nitro on it. It's infused with nitro, so when you pour it, you'll get that – you ever drink a Guinness beer? Nope. You ever, you've seen a Guinness beer? Mm-hmm. You know seen how, it. You know how it foams to the yeah. top? So the, the coffee will foam when you pour it into the cup as well. Oh, that's cute. Uh, yeah, it's like, close. Very close. That's also in the I'm looking in the works. forward to seeing that. You'll it's bring that, that back on the show. I'll bring it back on the show. It's 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 close. It's not uh, – f- I think Miami's going to happen before that, though. Ah, uh, Miami. I have to go to Miami to go again. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, the other thing that we've been doing is we're doing a lot of um, brisses, bar mitzvahs, where they want a whole cold brew bar set up oh, for the kiddish. Oh, that's so cute. You see cold brew everywhere on tap. You see it on uh, tap. Ta- our, our keg system is really doing great. We're uh, in a bunch of stores out there, restaurants who are serving it on, on tap, and they love it. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> I just got an order for uh, somebody who wanted to do it as a bar mitzvah host gift for their host. They wanted to give pouches to every one of their guests. I love that idea. That is so different. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So, you know, Combine maybe, it with maybe we work with Chris, you know, with a, with, have, a, with a logo from the Bar Mitzvah Boys on the on the um 
on the um, Rice Krispie Treats. We'll yeah, talk about that next week. That, that's Chris's job. I mean, we, we got that coming right up. I'll put like a little letter on it that it says, a little sticker that says Mazel Tov. <laughs> I'll go that far, you know, to put that, <laughs> to put that put logo. logo. You can't put a logo right yeah, here. To put the logo on this it. It's so cool. You've really, really grown this. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. I look forward to seeing round two of the Night Nitro. The nitro can. Nitro can coffee. You know, yeah, the, the, the kegs are just, you know, there's nothing better than getting going to the store and getting iced coffee on the tap. And this, you this is the keg. With growlers? We do growlers to grow. What's a growler? Oh, but at the stores that have it on tap. The stores that have it on tap, the ones that are selling it, will sell it in the uh, pouches as well uh, because, you know, it's, it's much lighter than the growler yeah. and it takes up less space and just easier to grab and but we can, cool. we can, uh, we can do whatever people want. You know, if you he, want the custom stuff you know, with their logo on it, we'll make whatever. Well, yeah, it's great. That's yeah. great. I love that you're so passionate about what you do. Um, um, I had one final question for you. If you do not live in New Jersey or Brooklyn or the Five Towns or maybe the Lower East Side, we'll try to hook you up here. Where can one order this online? Miami. Miami, <laughs> Miami, my one of my uh, favorite places. Well, I mean, it's can we order it online and you ship it? Depends where and depends what time of the year. Um, in the summer times where it's really hot, I would not ship. Okay, uh, just because yeah. you, you know the heat, you, the humidity it, will kill the coffee. Yeah. Um, if it's now this time now, of the year, fall now. Now's a good time to ship, and you know, it'd be coming in an ice pack and everything else and whatever. Uh, we can. We haven't really shipped that much. Most of our deliveries are all on our own trucks uh, in the New York tri-state area. So if you're not in one of those areas where they have the supermarket, you tell me where you shop, and I'll be more than happy to get it in those stores. I think that's a great but, idea. You know, we, we we try and we try and deliver in the local areas so people get it fresh when they want it when they need it. Uh, most of our coffee is all done. It's made to order, so it's not like we have inventory sitting around. There's a 30-day shelf life on this. Okay, so we, good to know. We, we try to like get you it, the yeah. full 30 days to drink it. Fantastic. So thank you so much for my coming pleasure. in. Thank you for having me. This is great. I'm, I'm going to keep drinking my coffee. I did, my kids make fun, text me all day to drink my big cup of coffee, but I enjoy it. Like I sip it slowly. It ends up being room temperature at some point, but I so don't care. I really right. enjoy the taste. Um, all right, so I'm going to get you guys to switch seats. Sounds you can take, we'll move that here. You'll bring your stuff here. So you're welcome to hang out and schmoozy with us. <gasps> yeah, well, like, oh, this is, this is such a treat on so many levels. Hi, welcome. Thank you. So I discovered you guys like a little, around a month ago. Yeah. And uh, I was actually right here recording a show when I got the okay from your PR person like, that you guys will be up uptown absolutely and we you know jumped in the car and went went up to, uptown um you and your daughters yeah we had a good time that was it, one it of was our last, last days of uh summer break um okay so let, let's talk about this is so as i said this is chris um his wife lovely 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 wife jen was going to join us too but she's not feeling well so yeah um we're gonna wish her a refuah shalema speedy recovery feel better honey <laughs> we, we're waving to you, Jen. Um, and so welcome to the Lower East Side. Um, and we are really excited to um, have a look at what we've got in here. Ooh. Ooh <laughs> customized treats for Customized you. treats for us. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, I always say, what's the backstory? How did you get started in this whole treaty business? Well, how much time do we have? Uh, about <laughs> 29 minutes. 
the backstory is I've been in the restaurant business for about 25 years. Okay. And I've had uh, a few restaurants of my own. And um, restaurants are sort of like a love-hate relationship, something that I'm very passionate about. But it's a lot of work, and it's uh, very high risk and often very low reward. So for the past several years, I've been thinking about something kind of fun and interesting to do that was food-related because that's where my expertise is but didn't necessarily require me being in a restaurant till 2 o'clock in the morning and then being back there at 8 o'clock in the morning and worrying about how many pennies I had left in the register. So a few years ago, um, total just coincidence, uh, we were doing a bake sale with my kids. They were raising money uh, for the UJA. Very nice. For an event that was sending athletic equipment to kids in Africa. Beautiful. And to participate in this charity day of play, they had to raise $50 each. Okay. So instead of going to grandma and grandpa or hitting up the neighbors for a couple of bucks, uh, we decided to have a bake sale. Great. Gorgeous. And the bake sale was going to be Rice Krispie Treats. Who so. doesn't love Rice Krispie <laughs> Treats, right? <laughs> well, they're great, and they're really easy to make. So I figured, yeah, it'll, let's make these, and it'll be simple, right? Didn't want to get too fussy with it. Right. So the morning of uh, the bake sale that we were going to do, of course I was going to make them. Um, <laughs> it was kind of like rainy and overcast, and I think we had some outdoor morning plants that got canceled. So I was kind of stuff, stuck with nothing to do. So I made my first batch of uh, treats, and I said, you know what? Maybe I can have some fun with this. So I went into my cabinets, and I found some peppermint oil and some green food coloring and chocolate chips. And a few minutes later, we had chocolate chip uh, Rice Krispie treats, chocolate chip Rice Krispie treats, and they were really good. No doubt. <laughs> so I said, okay, let's not stop here. Let's see what else we can do. So I made the next batch, and we made uh, butterscotch sprinkle Rice Krispie treats. And then we made dark cherry chocolate ganache Rice Krispie treats. And we cut them up all into bricks and wrapped them in saran wrap and took them down to the street corner <clears throat> and served them on an, out of an old lemonade stand that my mother had made from wine crates. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> so it was really cute. It was a resourceful family. I yeah, like that. Yeah, so it was this, uh, this lemonade stand serving you know Rice Krispie treats wrapped in saran wrap um, on the street corner with my two kids. What who were, city was this? This was in Manhattan. Oh, Manhattan. Upper, upper West Side. Santa, oh, great. Foot traffic and everything. On the corner of 86th and Central Park West, so oh. just a few blocks from our first store. Okay. And uh, the kids you know, set everything up, and you know, after two hours, they sold $300 worth of treats <gasps> uh, for the charity. And there was a line of people asking where we'd gotten these you know, fantastic treats, where they could get them, you know, where they could get more. And we just said, oh, I don't know. We just made them in the kitchen. You know, see you at the next bake sale. Entrepreneurs. <laughs> it's all about entrepreneurs this week. <clears throat> right. So then a few weeks later, you know, restaurant background and experience in tow. My wife and I, the light bulb kind of went on at the same time. And we said, you know what? Those treats that we made at that bake sale, I don't think anyone's doing anything like that. But there are cupcake shops everywhere, and there are cookie stores. And, oh, yeah. You know, there's all these desserts out there, but Rice Krispie Treats are sort of the prototypical you know, dessert that everyone makes when they're a kid, that they made with their mother, their grandmother, yeah. they sold their bake sale, that everybody has this nostalgic feeling towards, yet nobody elevated it to a you know, sophisticated dessert level. So we spent some time um, experimenting with flavors. Uh, we called... An old friend of ours, Wendy Israel, who was my pastry chef at two of my restaurants, and said, Wendy, we have this crazy idea, but we think we could take, you know, classic uh, Rice Krispie treats and use them as a foil for any sort of, you know, great dessert flavor and then garnish them beautifully and sell them as a really cool dessert. What do you think? Do you think we're crazy? She said, oh, my God, I love it. What a great idea. Right. And then we spent about a year developing flavors and we came up with – In the kitchen at home. 
um, at her kitchen. And okay. We tasted, we probably had 20 to 30 rounds of tastings, um, mm. trying to get the that right balance. That would have been fun to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Take a microphone, Sol, so you can pipe in. <laughs> so we were trying to get the right balance between uh, sweetness and acidity. We didn't want the treats to be cloying. We wanted... To any- be what? Cloyingly sweet, just like overly oh, yeah, sweet, yeah, um, which if you put sugar on top of sugar, um, they that, can that be. Could, yeah. Nobody really wants to eat them. Just like any um, any type of good food, it has to be in balance. Right? right, absolutely. You don't want to have a sauce that's too rich without an acidic complement. Yeah. I mean, it's like a wine that's too fruity that doesn't have the tannins. The coffee that doesn't have the richness is just everything needs to be balanced. Yeah. Chris, do you have a coffee flavor yet? Uh, we do. We're actually currently doing. <laughs> of course, he does. Um, a, a coffee cinnamon donut flavor, which is uh, oh, yeah. made with uh, espresso flavored marshmallow, chocolate chips, and cinnamon. And then we do a um, a marshmallow uh, donut on top with more cinnamon. Oh, that's too cool. Yeah. Okay, so so it's that was pretty good. It's a, it's a new favorite. It's that sounds amazing. <laughs> so we um, so this is the long story, right? That's okay. Minutes. It's so entertaining. <laughs> so we then invited eighty friends and family to um, an event space, and we gave them these very long, extensive questionnaires and said, you know, be honest. If you hate this, tell us. If you love it, tell us too. But they're anonymous questionnaires, and we thought we had something, but we didn't want to waste any time, you know, any more time if people didn't like it, and we got incredible feedback from everybody. Um, The only negative feedback we got is the original treats that we were going to make was about that big. And everybody said, make them smaller. Yeah, it's you too know, much. Small right. desserts, bite-sized desserts are in. You go smaller. So we came up with, with this size. Um, and then we took it from there. It took about a year designing our first store. I'm going to hold up. Yeah. I'm just going to bring it up a little closer in a second. Yeah. Then we'll, we'll zoom in on them in a sec. Um, hold, yeah, hold on one second. Hold on one second with those. <gasps> okay. Ooh. We've got a special treat coming. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so then we opened our first store um, just over two years ago. Okay. And um, we opened up to... There's, there's not, how many stores are there? Uh, we now have three. Three. Not only one, not only two, but three stores. Yes, we is have one on... The, where? The, first, the original one is on Amsterdam between 81st and 82nd Street. Okay, great area. It's fantastic. <gasps> it's uh, it's right next to where we did the original bake sale. Okay. It's in the neighborhood so that I grew up in. It's two blocks away from my kids go to school. Oh, even better. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of our hood. Um, so that's great. And then over the summer, we opened up our second store on uh, 2nd Avenue between 81st and 82nd also. That's where I came, right? Yes. Okay. So that's directly Straight across the park. The drive. Yeah, you could shoot an arrow at it and hit it if you had good aim. And um, we also have a kiosk in the Garden State Plaza in New Jersey, right that outside is, the Apple Store. That is, oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. It's really, it's so cool. Okay, so let's talk about, I'm going to now zoom in. So, okay, can we get the cameras ready? Okay, I'm going to open these up. This is now a close-up at the... Ooh. <laughs> super close treat cam. Oh, it even says treat house on the packaging. Okay, treat cam. We've got that. <laughs> so these are... You actually want to... Yeah, you have to do that. <laughs> Probably. Oh, I see. There's a thing on the side. Silly me. So okay. Over a Halloween flavor. <laughs> so we change everything up seasonally. Okay. Oh, that's cute. And now, kosher certification. Yeah, half K. Fantastic. We love the Huff Cake. Thank you very much for working with Chris to bring us these amazing <laughs> treats. Um, you were using a more local certification, but you wanted yep. everyone across the board to Yeah, we're using a terrific local rabbi um, who's very well-respected in New York. Absolutely. And he has a lot of um, – he does – Rabbi Melman, right? Yep. And he does um, 
petite shell also your areas become so hot with like little kosher uh, boutique things like you've got petite shell is near you then you've got coffee bean and tea leaf sure um 18 restaurant i memorized all these at Trevere 84 um Vabene's there all the upper east side restaurants and of course treehouse yes are, are these non-dairy are they parv okay um, let's open this one they are many of them contain no dairy Okay. Our base street starts with that dairy, but because we do have dairy in Toppings. our facility, um, it's not considered part of it's kosher dairy. Look at uh, these. Like this looks like it's for sure dairy because it's got a uh, what it, Reese's peanut butter cup on you it. Bet. Oh my god! And this looks like a s'mores. Yeah, that's our s'mores treat. There's actually burnt marshmallows inside. We take their marshmallows and put them on a sheet pan. And then torch them so you get the campfire flavor oh, inside. Oh, I love that. Um, with graham cracker and chocolate and then the mini marshmallows on top are toasted as well. And then we've got a pretzel with uh, pretzel in it. Pretzel inside with also uh, dark chocolate and caramel. Okay. And this one? That's our cookies and cream with a mini Oreo on top. So when when I came up with my girls a couple of weeks ago, and oh, and we even have more down here, um, we had ice cream. Yeah, the oh, ice cream's fantastic. I know you probably couldn't bring that down because it would melt. <laughs> it would have melted. <laughs> okay, and this flavor, again, Oreos and... Yeah, that's more of the same. That's actually something called Berry Scary, <laughs> which is flavored with boysenberry and blueberries. So it's Cute. A, and that's our butterscotch with a sour pumpkin on top. And, then, and that's our sugar cookie flavor. I'm just going to actually um, So we're calling that spooky sugar cookie. Oh, that's so Mwah. cute. He's so cute. <laughs> I like how you do the <laughs> Okay, um, we so we covered those now. Before we go on to that, and these are giant. these are these are tree pops. Um, so basically, these are our. I'm crisp- opening one up. You may. That's our cookies and cream tree pop. So we take our crispy rice treats, um, make them into little balls, and then we dip them in either uh, homemade marshmallow, um, and then cover them with sprinkles and chocolate like that, or we dip them in uh, dark chocolate ganache and cover them with M and M's. Or other yummy things. Oh, this is cool. So it's our version of a cake pop. Okay, so I'm going to have to try this on air. I think you should. Okay. The uh, shahako, right? It's, it's Rice crispy Treat all the way through. Okay. Mm. Oh, my God. I love marshmallows. Mm. And th- this one right here is a, a little pumpkin pop. Mm. It looks like a little pumpkin. Oh, my God, DK. This is so good. <laughs> You should try this one too. Do you like no, pumpkin no, flavor? No. <laughs> I cannot eat so much. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'll tap you with it and make a wish. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, this is good. I lo- I love marshmallow. So uh, they've all got the marshmallow around it. Um. Yes. Right, uh, unless they have ganache. More. Yeah. Try try this one. Okay, I'm trying. That's this pumpkin one. flavor. Okay, and then we have to give. We have a special guest today. Okay. ZK's daughter is here in the studio with us. Yeah, but she doesn't look at all interested in the treats. <laughs> as soon as the <laughs> treats come up, she perked up. Panina is here. She is my um, big foodie expert. Fantastic. Okay, on, on candies. Okay, so now I'm going to try it. So this is going to taste like pumpkin. It should. I make pumpkin challah. So I'm all okay. about this fall time. You know, now as we move into the Thanksgiving mode, I like all that yep. nutmeg and cinnamon Absolutely. coming up into our food. So, okay, here we go. We, we actually use real pumpkin in our marshmallow because we did the pumpkin spice, and it, it tastes just like spice, and you don't get the, the pumpkin flavor. Um, there's like a luck undercurrent of pumpkin. And now it becomes, as I swallow, it becomes much more, it's stronger. When you first bite into it, you don't feel it. I'm thinking, okay, I'm not tasting it. Then I'm chewing and then I'm swallowing and I'm like, wow, there it is. 
That's the progression of flavor right there. Yum. Like a party <laughs> oh, yum. A party in my mouth. Look what. I've had coffee, good coffee today. I've had rice crispy treats and it's only what? Nine something in the morning. Okay, Panina, I'm going to give you the M&M one. Okay. Does that sound like a good one for you? Okay. For sitting and listening to me for a whole hour. It's got to be better than going to school, right? <laughs> okay. Now I have to try this one because you know, I love marshmallows and I love, I, w- I went to sleep away camp till I was like, Two years ago, till I was like forty oh, yeah? something, I taught cooking classes in a sleepaway camp. So, um, you know, I still got to sit around the campfire. Sure, <laughs> so bring back fun. memories for you. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. I try gonna try to eat it like a little delicately on air. <laughs> There's some things that weren't meant to be eaten delicately. Mm. Oh my god, you must. All right, let's pass these around. <laughs> so you gotta try one. Mm. Um, I'm going to have a sip of coffee. I like them all. I mean, if you're a cookies and cream person. Yeah, peanut butter. Peanut butter. Okay. Good. Excellent. Mm. I'm having a sip of coffee. I'm in heaven here. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Okay. I can't eat it all at once because <laughs> I've got to finish the show. I'll get, get into a sugar rush. Okay. Now, um, when I first met um, Chris and Jen, I said, oh, wouldn't it be cool? you got to come down to the studio and all that. And, you know, um, and then I, we, we spoke for a while and then, and we had a great time. And then I saw at the end that you can do logos. Yep. So look what, look what treat I got from the treat house. Did you see this? Okay. Yeah. Nahum, have a look. <laughs> okay. How cool is that? Can we take one out? I'm going to hold course. one up. Of course. Okay. So you, me- you mentioned the bar mitzvah idea earlier. It's yeah. actually, we do a lot of that. We do a lot of customized treats for bar mitzvahs, for weddings, birthday parties, baby showers, corporate events. Chris, I'm all totally up to partner up with you and do a coffee uh, treat special. We'll throw it out there. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, actually, both. It's actually a really great idea. And you've got, you know, I know it's, I don't want to freak people out that it's the holiday season coming up, but it's once like October is in full swing, which it is now, holiday season is not far away. It's a great idea. Yep. Coffee. Um, treat uh, Rice Krispie treats. You can do so much with them for company parties, family holiday parties, private parties, a party for yourself. <laughs> this is really adorable. And I see that it sparkles. Yeah, we put a little bit of uh, pixie dust on there. Pixie dust? Oh, yeah. That's so gorgeous. Um, the store itself is actually really beautiful. Like it's just, it's not just like where you walk in and you can, you grab a couple of things and you leave. It's a beautiful store. Yeah, I, I love it. We, uh, the, our two main stores, the one on the Upper East Side and Upper West Side, have a very different flavor to them. Oh, really? Yeah. The, I've got to go check out the West Side one. Yeah, the Upper West Side was our original store. It's it's a lot campier in feel than the Second Avenue one. The Second Avenue one's a little bit more designed, although it's still, um, I guess, caters to kids and teenagers in the back with a huge chalkboard. Yeah, a massive chalkboard. My kids did some artwork up there. <laughs> Your daughter's a great artist. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks so, too. <laughs> um and then, uh, so there's a different flavor. So you can come check out both stores and get a different feeling for both. The, the table in the center of the Second Avenue store um, is like a has a cool design, and inside the table is Rice Krispies. Yeah, it's it's truly a work of art. The people that made it uh, completely outdid themselves. It's, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's very nice. So yeah. what's the other store like? Um, the other store has a big counter when you walk in, and then there's a couple steps up towards the back area, and there's a um, a roof with I guess wooden planks and it's got a blackboard and it's got rough hewn wood on the side and it's got pictures that my kids made and pictures and 
um, of them at camp or in Maine or wherever they've been, um, old license plates, baseball banners. It really feels like a treehouse in the back. So we took a playoff treat house and made a tree house. Oh, very cute. So it's, it's nice. I mean, it was the original flavor that we thought we were going for. Um, then as we started to grow and people started to learn about us a little bit more, um, we learned about our brand and realized, and we realized we were a little bit more sophisticated than we thought we were. So the Second Avenue store caters to, I think, our, our new self-image a little bit. Right. I think the Upper East Side is a little bit more like, um, I don't want to say classy. I don't know. Uh, what's it's the just right a, it's a different it's, vibe. It's a different vibe. Like it's yep. more just so than like the West Side is a little bit more relaxed. Upper East Side is a little bit more elegant. The yeah. Upper West Side is a little bit more chill. Chill, yeah. Um, and then we're opening up down at the World Trade Center. <gasps> Uh, beginning of next year, and that's going to be another elevation in terms of the design. I cannot wait to see this. Like this is great. <laughs> are you doing anything else besides this? I mean, this seems like it's a full time job. Are you? Are you? Well, it, it's more than a full time job. It's four stores. Yeah, it's. Uh, it started off kind of as an idea, and I was doing some consulting work right before this launched, and. I was planning on continuing my consulting work and doing this as a side project. Right. Because you're so experienced in the food industry, you have so much to give to people. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I that's I guess I'm right. ready for a parking ticket. Okay, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, hopefully um, it'll be all good. Yeah, so this after the first day, it became very clear this was going to be a full-time job. So it's been full-time for over two years now and you know continues to be more and more full-time. And we do, we're going to be expanding to other cities shortly. And we're continuing to grow our mail order business, uh, which we do a lot of mail order. Right. So if you do not live in anywhere near Manhattan and you cannot get it, how do we how do we get this? Well, you go to treathouse.com. Okay, that's we, great. We do ship all over the country. We yeah. ship to Canada as well. Uh, we just did some shipping to Asia, oh, which that's was cool. an interesting challenge. Why? Uh, customs. They say, what's in this? Like a rice krispie treats. What's that? Yeah, they wanted, we did some shipping to Japan for a big event in Japan. And literally the customs agents wanted to have every ingredient in our treats. And it took us three, tri- three tries to get our treats through customs and we finally figured it out. Oh wow. What's the shelf life on this? Like for traveling and all that? Cause Japan's far. Japan, well, we shipped it overnight, so it wasn't too bad. It's expensive to get it there. <laughs> they um, must really like it. <laughs> but My for, price to you. Yeah, for shipping, we actually have uh, different packaging. It's um, got almost like eggshells over the top of the, of the treats, so it cuts down the exposure to air. Um, you should get this on QVC. Uh, we've been approached, um, but right now we're really trying to keep everything. Uh, I saw Rogalach on QVC. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> we're trying to control everything ourselves. We've uh, we found that as soon as the product leaves our stores or our hands, um, people don't treat it with the same respect that we have. Um, okay. So as we're still a fairly new company, um, we're very protective of the product and the brand. Brand. I am so into that. Protect yeah. your brand. You are your brand. So yes. you need to keep that solid. Nice. Absolutely. Very nice. Okay, cool. All right. We're just going to do a little bit of a station ID break because this show is running out of time. Our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman. We taste better. Absolutely had some great, um, actually, Abels and Hyman's products uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, what I did was I made my Hasselbeck salamis Erevyontif. Thank you so much, Seth, because I really enjoy those salamis. Um, my next-door neighbor, she came over, um, and she wanted to know how to make them. So we had a good time. Uh, she had to how to slice them. Um, I used a combination of my recipe and Honey Applebaum, who was, the uh, I think, the, uh, one of the original writers of the uh, uh, 
salami Hasselbeck recipe. Um, but I actually have a giveaway. Very excited about it. I don't know if you saw on Instagram, I made a potato kugel, but instead of putting my potato kugel into a pan and baking it, I put it into a waffle iron. So we had potato kugel waffles. What a great idea. It, it looked awesome. It was so good. I was like, I don't know why. I know people do all kinds of things with waffle irons. They put in chocolate cakes and probably rice krispie treats. Who knows? But <laughs> you know, Chris brings his food. I bring my coffee. Where's the waffle? Yeah, where, I know. Where's the where's waffle? Where's the kugel? I know. Where's the <laughs> waffle kugel? I know. I, I, I was like so excited about it. So I'm like, let's do a giveaway of a waffle iron. So if you want to win this waffle iron, what you have to do is you. I'm going to have the Waffle Iron on my Instagram page. You have to go to um, find it on, on Naomi Nachman on Instagram, like it, and tag two friends. And somebody is going to win that. You have to tag uh, Naomi Nachman and, sorry, the Nachman Siegel Network, okay? It's both. I'm going to be checking. So you've got to tag Naomi Nachman, tag Nachman Siegel Network, and um, and tag two friends. So um, and a winner will be picked in, in about uh, a month for that waffle iron, and you will get my secret potato kugel recipe that works amazing with this waffle iron. So I'm really excited about that, uh, sharing that with everyone. Um, so that was going to be our What's for Dinner segment by uh, Gomeglat is is uh, this giveaway, which I think is such a great thing. And I, I buy, actually buy my potatoes from Gomeglat because they have the best Yukon gold potatoes out there. Their produce and everything was amazing over Yontif. Um, so I really uh, was very excited. And I've been buying all my checked vegetables from there. Cabbage leaves. I just want to just – people say, wow, you made stuffed cabbage for every single meal. You must have been doing it for hours. I said, no, it's just like making meatballs now because I'm buying the leaves checked and separated and already softened by Gourmet Glatt. So I thought that was such a fabulous thing um, for them to do this year and they kept selling out. So I kept having to call John at the fruit department to pre-order them for me so I would have like 60 whenever I needed them. So um, that was a very exciting uh, kitchen kitchen uh, time for us right here on the uh, Right here, I should say, in Woodmere, area of Yontef. We were just rolling and rolling stuffed cabbages. Actually, my family calls them cabbage rolls. A big shout-out to my dad, who's listening to the show actually in real time. He is here in New York. Jack Steen, hello, Dad. <laughs> Giving you a big shout-out. He is here in Brooklyn. Uh, he came for Yontef, and uh, he's spending time with me and my brother, which is nice. Mum couldn't make it. So uh, he gets to listen to the show today on Friday morning instead of, like, after Shabbos in Australia. So thanks, Dad, for listening. <gasps> Okay, so um, we've had an amazing show today. I've really, <laughs> I'm very full. And it's like, you know, sometimes ZK, I come in starving, right? Today I didn't come in starving. I had my detox drink. I'm on my detox kick after Yontif. You know, I made it like a little smoothie with my Nutribullet and I put in um, some frozen pineapple and some kiwi and even some frozen kale. I keep the kale stems. I buy, as I said, I buy all my vegetables, check from Gomeglat. But I keep the stems and I throw those in smoothies too. You think it's going to taste like kale, but once it's with all the fruit, it's amazing. So I, um, I had my fruit smoothie and then I came in and I got to eat all these exciting treats from the treat house. So yeah, we've had a good, we've had a good time and I've had my coffee from Saul from Pour and Coffee. We need Pour and Coffee logos on these. It's coming. Could come. It could come. <laughs> Aren't you in the paper good business? Yes. It, it, it's, He's working on it. I can see. I can see. 
I, I'm more about you know like getting the coffee into like a company like the Treathouse and having the Treathouse put out his cup so everyone knows it's come from him. I think he's given you a lot of hints. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting to something? <laughs> I think he's trying to tell you something, but no, it's it's no, it's. But yeah, we we can do it. We've done it for bar mitzvahs where I made the the kids. Uh, logo on the cups, you know, because now you have a bar mitzvah, you have to have a logo. Oh, yeah. I did that when I was a kid, too. Yeah. That was a long time ago. I I got a bar mitzvah coming up soon, so I... I, Yeah? Yeah. You look older than that. November 21st. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my my oldest son is getting bar mitzvah uh, November 21st. Mazel tov. That's so So, exciting. Yeah, there'll definitely be coffee at the... uh, L'chaim, mazel tov. We'll drink, we'll drink to that. You know, so the, it's it's exciting going through the whole thing, and I uh, there will be some custom cups, I think, or custom something with his logo on it. I've only got girls, so I believe there's a big pressure for a bar mitzvah. Like we've only made bar mitzvahs, yeah. so I believe a boy is a lot more, you know, get get practice your laning, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's definitely a. Uh, a brutal uh, process for the parents of every week, making sure he's on time, learning, practicing. And it's not only taking him there, but it's also, you know, making sure he practices when he gets home and not on his iPhone and not on his Xbox and whatever. Right, so, right. It's hard. So many distractions. A bribing. There's a lot of this, a lot of that. And then <laughs> Negotiations. You know, we can actually see the uh, end result, the, the light of the, at the end of the tunnel right now. Oh. So it's all coming into fruition. Everyone's it's really got their nice. clu- clothes. Yeah, and the suits invitation. And... No, no, we don't have any of that stuff yet. But we had the invitation <laughs> went out. You know, once the invitation went out, we knew it was for real. And uh, you know, it's actually happening. And you got your caterer, I'm sure. We got the caterers going. Okay. And we got a bunch of stuff that's really uh, okay. Exciting, that's so. a very exciting time for you. Very nice. Okay. Wow, guys. All right. Our show is almost coming to an end. I'm so excited. I'm going to save these for Nachum. We're going to give him some to take home. His Nachum Siegel Network uh, logo on our – here, I think we should maybe end the show with a zoom out on that. Um, okay. Um, so we had an action-packed show. We had Melissa Stein from the JWE. Um, make sure if you're interested in, you know, becoming a Jewish woman entrepreneur or, uh, you know, any kind of business – might want to think about coming to this, uh, you can go to thejwe.org. Uh, we had uh, Salter Plisky from Pour and Coffee with his delicious coffee. Um, he's cold brew, and you can pourandcoffee.com to find out more. And, of course, we had Chris Russell, um, and Jen was with us in spirit, um, <laughs> and we had these amazing Rice Krispie treats, and we he- heard all about his whole journey, how he came to this amazing um, product here, and we're going to have a little party with Panina at the end of the show. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is also heard on Arut Sheva English Radio. Our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman. We taste better. We have music right up until Lichbenching, sponsored by our friends at Kerem. Have a Shabbat Shalom and uh, a very, very sweet Shabbos to all. Take care. See you next week.